Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And week six in the books. Um, getting to that time of year here where NFL, we're starting to figure out who's for real. Your fantasy teams are starting out to find out who's real. And my favorite time of year, it's robe season. I'm currently. I don't know ready. what I was. I supposed to respond to that. That was weird. What the robe season? Thing? <laughs> you in your robe, <laughs> guys. It's getting cooler, guys. I don't want to sexualize Colin too much. He's young, but he's sitting here in his robe, just rubbing it very sexually <laughs> as we're trying to record this podcast. It's a little weird for my. I love liking. a nice robe. It's yeah, time to okay. get cool again. I broke it out. I'm excited, um, but. I can also tell you're not wearing any anything underneath it, so that's also creeping me out a little bit. Well, I think that's just because it's a white T-shirt underneath it, and I'm so uh, pasty that, that you sense, can't though. tell the difference between where the T-shirt ends and like where my neck starts. <laughs> I see now. I see. Okay. Yeah. Actually, we were just looking at pictures from um, Colby and Meg's wedding. Uh, Meg sent some over to uh, Becca, and th- there's one picture where like I'm like shiny. I'm that white. Does not surprise me. No, it's it's bad. It's not good. Um, Becca said she uh, before we would have a wedding, she's going to make me go tanning. <laughs> that's you're a real conversation orange. that we, you're going to be orange a, for your wedding. I can't. That's a hundred percent real conversation that just happened like a half an hour ago, like forty five minutes ago. So you're welcome. Um, but let's get right into it here. We've, we've wasted enough time chit chatting. Uh, but before we do, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, News this week, a little bit lighter. Um, which is probably a good thing because most of the injury and most of the news we talk about is injury related, but there is one pretty major injury and that's Baker Mayfield. Uh, he has a torn labrum and a fractured humerus, uh, more specifically the tuberosity, which is like the very top. It's like right where your shoulder connects. Um, and it doesn't sound good. doesn't sound good. Cause he has to wait for that fracture to heal. Uh, and the Browns are already without Chubb. Without Hunt, Landry, OBJ was questionable to play tonight, although he is playing. Landry's um, playing too, just for the record. Oh, is he? Yeah, I've seen him make like three catches. Oh, nice. I'm watching the SMU Tulane game right now, so I haven't really been watching that. I don't really have any interest watching the Broncos-Browns game. I'm sorry. Mr. Hipster over here doesn't want to watch the battle between two of the worst teams in the league. Okay, buddy. I'd rather watch SMU put up 400 yards of offense in the first half. Browns it's might do that to the Broncos here. <laughs> <laughs> Broncos freaking suck. Yikes. Uh, but anyway, in Baker Mayfield injury here, uh, they got Case Keenum in there. How are all of these injuries impacting the, Bron- the Browns offense? You know, are they, Do we want any of these pieces right now? Apparently you want the Ernest Johnson. No, I mean, I, 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 the Browns are pretty scary, and I actually do – feel some sort of sadness for them um sorry i almost did a spit take 
Yeah, I mean, I like I obviously really dislike the Browns, but as far as teams in the Steelers division go, um, they're the ones I like the least. Um, you hate the least. Yes, yes, I hate <laughs> the least. Um, probably, I mean, and they don't want to hear it because it's like, oh well, yeah, because they've never been good. Like, <laughs> right? Why, why You're like, um, how do you hate the plucky underdog? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily hate them, but I do, I do feel bad. I mean, they they've been pretty decimated on both sides of the ball uh, for large parts of this year. Um, so I, I'm, I don't like, I don't, I don't know if I'm buying or I, I don't have that much of the the Browns offense. Um, so I don't have any Baker Mayfield. I actually um, don't either. Uh, I don't across like Odell. all my leagues. Yeah, like I, I, I have, have a lot of Odell. I have a lot of David and Joku because he was free this offseason. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I do feel bad. And Baker, like he looked like he was in pain when he went down. He did come back in that game, which shocked me. Um, because he looked like I mean, he when he went down, he fumbled that ball and he was he was writhing in pain. Um. At what point in the season would they have to get before they just shut him down? Like, they're going to win tonight, um, barring a monumental yeah. collapse because the Broncos don't even look like they want to be there. Um, so, like, I, I don't know how bad they'd have to be to, to just sit the guy that they just paid $200 million or whatever. Well, I think what it comes down to there for them is the Ravens are are looking good this year. I mean, they're they have one loss. Right. Yeah, one or two. I forget. Yeah, but yeah. They're looking pretty strong. The, surprisingly, the Bengals are sitting at second in the division. Uh, the Steelers have had their offensive woes here, but I still expect them to be in playoff contention. So five hundred, baby. Yeah. So at that point, you know, what are the Browns' realistic shot at making the playoffs if they're like the fourth best team in their division for half of the year until they get these guys back healthy? You know, I think at that point, you know, you look at the mirror and say, probably not, you know, it sucks. Probably not our year. We probably shut Baker down, we probably trade Odell if we can. I um, mean, I don't know if, if everything that they were doing built to this year, though. I mean, they, I have, think to, so they have to repay Chubb um, at some point. I don't believe they've re-signed him, but I, I never got the sense that it was a um, like an all-in year. And now they're just kind of screwed uh, based on what they did. So yeah. I like I think there will there will definitely be some runs ahead of them here so yeah i mean it there i i don't know at what point they do it the, the 17th game uh, we'll see if that factors in or not um but either way i mean i think that whole offense is in in pretty big trouble like, yeah. except for dearness johnson apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which weirdly enough i mean i figured dearness johnson would be the one that everybody was going after on waivers so i pivoted and tried you know in, in leagues where i was like lower waiver priority or whatever i i pivoted and, and went after uh, Demetric felton so how's that I mean, working out for you tonight not not real great yeah but you know it is what it is i, I don't expect dearness johnson to be anything long term um, i'm league you know, winner uh moving on next bit of injury news here shanahan is optimistic jimmy j jimmy g will play this week uh which is good because lance trey lance not expected to be available um but jimmy g coming back here uh, we we kind of we always kind of thought he was going to get this job back this year right probably i never really know with them like I could just see Kyle Shanahan waking up one morning and being like, "Oh, it's Trey Lance season," and then I could see him waking up some morning and be like, mm, "Go back to Jimmy." 
<laughs> yeah, well, uh, they don't have uh, Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard to go back to anymore either. So it's studs. Um, yeah, but I think Jimmy G will will help this offense. Um, you know, I, I think that with Kittle being out now and um, Debo's banged up too, isn't he? I don't know. Um, I, my question, what, what do you think of the running back situation there? Because oh that's gosh. kind of independent of the quarterback situation. Yeah, that's frustrating. I mean, Mitchell's back and Mitchell led the team in carries. What uh, they were on by last week. They were because um, we had like a seven minute discussion about Ross Dwelly. And yeah. then we uh, looked and saw that they were on by. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they were on by last week, but the week before they went on by, Mitchell led him in carry. So I think Mitchell's probably still the guy who's going to get the most carries in that backfield, but it's going to be like a 60-40 split. I think. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows what that game I love that the, 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 the teams that we're talking about so far tonight are like the decimated Browns. The 49ers, you can't guess what's going to happen from week to week. We're about to talk the Dawson Knox. Like, I mean, it's just like a lot of low stakes uh, uh, decisions here, uh, riding on some of this stuff. Yeah. Not, I said, not, not a big news week here. Not a big news week. We had a lot of, because everyone's on by. Yeah. Because everyone's on by. Yeah. Taking Um, a nap this week. But I mean, you already spoiled the show sheet there. So, you know, Dawson Knox, hand surgery here this week kind of derailing what was starting to be a fairly solid season for him here. Like I am not going to call it a breakout cause it was like two games, but you know, he was looking like a guy that, you know, you could maybe plug or play in, 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 in uh, at the tight end spot if you needed to here. Through uh, through a tutty last week with a broken hand. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. I mean, you know, bills had their quarterback situation figured out, but the Browns don't. So, Maybe they trade for Dawson Knox, start him a quarterback with a broken hand. Line him up, line him up, line him up. Um, I mean, does it doesn't really impact anything fantasy wise for you this year? Knox's hand injury. I actually was kind of relying on him in the league, oh. like like really <laughs> deep league. So, so uh, I actually kind of hurt. Uh, not gonna lie. Um, his, yeah, yeah. His his performances don't necessarily feel sticky to me. Yeah, but he could. I like he was he was trending to be the the Robert Tunyon of this year, where the the whatever whatever reason, just based on the flow of the offense, that tight end gets hot, uh, especially when it comes to scoring touchdowns, rolls with it through the the course of the year, rides that momentum, and then everyone overpays for them in the off season, and they don't do jack shit the next year. That kind of feels like the ride wrong <laughs> with him, and he'll be back. I think they've already yeah. said like. I think he's one of those crazy dudes because he wants to come back in like two weeks or something. So I'd, I'd like stick like a stick a glove on his club. So he can just you know, kind of <laughs> pinch it between his two hands. Pinch like cl- crab hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't really do much for me either. Uh, like I, I like the, the Robert Tunyon comparison there because, you know, it, it didn't really feel sticky what he did. And again, it was only two weeks. So, you know, could have could have easily faded away but now we'll have the the what if of dawson knox in 2021 that'll be on the next season of the mcu show nice very you nice watch, you watch that uh I, i'm watching them like sporadically yeah i've seen about like four of them yeah you should watch they're the good. rest of them i yeah, like that they're, they're good i will i will watch them but um that really does it for news here not not really heavy news week this week but 
it is, like I mentioned in the intro, that time of year where we kind of figure out who's a contender, who's a pretender. And it's time to take a long look in the mirror at your team and honestly assess where you're at. You know, are you honestly one of the top three teams in the league? Do you honestly have a shot to win this, win it this year? Or should you tear it down and rebuild, do a little bit of a retool? Uh, and, you know, now's the best time to do that. You know, better to do it, one of the early teams to do that than one of the later teams. So we're here to help you out with that this week. So assuming you're a contender, um, we know I listed said, I said players to trade for. And you put going to talk strategy. So have at it. Talk some contender strategies here. So on my contenders this year, and this is something that I actually kind of do every year. It's it's um it's is a you're a contender every year. It's risky. I play in a lot of leagues. I'm there I'm a go. contender somewhere every year. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm, I'm a contender somewhere. <laughs> Even if it's dumb luck. Um so yeah, so they're, they're I, I'm once I know that I'm a contender, I am willing to take on a lot more risk. And I think if you're a contender, you should be willing to take on more risk. I think it's very rare where you can be a mega contender and like just be loaded at every single position, like seven deep and it doesn't matter. And you can, you know, consolidate and do whatever you want. But a couple of things that I like to do that I think are, are really, really uh, helpful, especially with how just the landscape of leagues is right now, especially with super flex leagues. If I have a third quarterback, I'm willing to go down to two quarterbacks. If I'm a really good team, I'm willing to roll with two quarterbacks the rest of the year. Obviously, if one of them gets hurt, you're SOL, uh, but mega big name quarterbacks don't get hurt that often. And those, you know, if I can get like one of those guys and then like another pretty good quarterback, those are generally the two that I can ride with because people are all, a always looking for quarterbacks. And I think you can generally get a, disproportionate level skill player back for a quarterback. So if I have a third QB, I'm willing to trade them for to to bolster my running backs or, you know, something like that. That that is a move that I that I like to do. Um especially cuz like if you're a good enough team, I can take the L on like a week where my quarterback has a bye. Right. Or whatever. Like I or if your team's good enough, you still like I this past week the league we're in together, our home league. I I Russell Wilson was out. Um, we actually completed a trade where not you traded me Lamar Jackson, so now I don't have to worry about that. But I, I won last week with only one quarterback. Yeah, it was Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. so, like, if you have a good enough team, you can do that. The other thing that I like to do that I think um, uh, is sort of savvy is even if you have a good tight end, like one of the top three or four guys, I'm going to go try to buy one of the other top tight ends because it takes them off the market for anybody else to target and you can kind of bully. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that if you have zero tight end premium in your league, but right. that's just another fun kind of move that I've pulled off once or twice and it bums everybody else out <laughs> when you've got, you know, you had Kelsey and you go out and you get Darren Waller or, you know, a healthy George Kittle or some of these guys because um, it because it just takes that it, it takes away any sort of possible positional advantage that somebody else could have over you there so those are just two things that i like to do as contenders uh move my third quarterback and double up a tight end or if i don't have a tight end that's the position that i target so you mentioned you know trading your third quarterback there for for some for some options now i feel like that is a bit contingent on who your third quarterback is um, you know, because if you have a Jameis Winston, 
as your you third quarterback. Get, you can still get you partner package him. Him like guys like him, Darnold, um, especially because like I and one of the like Brandon Ayuk has been poor this year. If you're a contender mm-hmm. and you have Brandon Ayuk, maybe you have a lot less patience for for him than somebody else. I would pack. I, I'm fine packaging Ayuk and a Darnold, and just seeing what the best skill position player that can net me. Because I'm sure there's somebody else out there that's willing to buy that. I, th- yeah. Those are the kinds of packaging moves um, that I that I would be willing to make with that third quarterback. Gotcha. Now, if you have a situation where you have three quarterbacks and you actually have a good third quarterback, um, like let's say your third quarterback is a Tua, or your third quarterback is I thought Derek you said Carr. a good I thought you said a good third quarterback. Fair. Um, Tua, hey, Tua had a good week last week. I expect him to have a good week this week too against uh, against the Falcons. Our defense is terrible, but let's say you have like a Tua, a Derek Carr, or, or somebody like that. Are you still looking to move that third quarterback? Yeah, yeah. I I actually rock with less than three quarter, like fewer than three quarterbacks, pretty often. I think it's um, underrated how much. M- better you can make your team because you can three quarterbacks isn't hoarding quarterbacks that's not holding anybody else down you have to have right. like six quarterbacks to actually be able to control any sort of market as far as quarterback goes so i'm fine just rocking with two generally if i can get two good ones then i'm fine with it yeah and i feel like too there's always like one or two quarterbacks that come off of waivers at some point in the year that'll save some sort of value going into the next year like last year we had taylor Henneke, um who Nobody really saw that coming, and all of a sudden he was a viable option this year and still is, to an extent, a viable option. Um, You know, guys like Jameis Winston kind of left for dead. Now he's a starter. Uh, You know, you you get some other guys that will come out of nowhere. You know, now you have Geno Smith, Case Keenum starting some games here. Um, So I feel like you can find a third quarterback and you absolutely need it somewhere else for the next year. Is that kind of how you look at it as well there where like if you have to replace that third quarterback you could off the waivers i just like don't i think people get too caught up in the value that is quarterback like the best teams i've built in startup drafts this offseason were teams where i only drafted two quarterbacks because then i'm not worried about picking Sam Darnold in the eighth. I could have gone and gotten Michael Gallup or Adam Thielen or guys like that that have that are actually helpful over a third quarterback. I don't. I I think the need for a third quarterback is widely widely overblown, and I'm not saying that that means that just the you know you should value the quarterback on your superflex team obviously but unless you have a lot of them you're not controlling anything and that's once you have more than two that's really the only need for more would be to try to you know well, i think pull one over it, on your league mates i think what it goes back to is what you mentioned at the very beginning where you like to be a little bit more risky i think the the need for a third quarterback is for people who are more risk averse you know the what happens if my quarterback goes down but if you're a contender, like you're saying, and you lose your quarterback, your starting you're quarterback, you're, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of where that is. And, and I, how, I'm guilty how, of trying how to be often, risk-averse. How often really do the the Aaron Rodgers, the Dak Prescotts, the the, the Patrick Mahomes, like one, Josh one, Allen, like one, one of them year. gets hurt a year, right. basically. So as long as you don't have that one guy, you're okay. You're fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like that. I don't disagree with really anything that you're saying there. Um, is that, is that all you got for this, for the strategy session there? Yeah. Those are just the two things. That, yeah. The, yeah. And the, the, the dump of the third quarterback and then the, cause I, I think people sometimes like, you know, maybe you've already moved your first, like it, after it comes to a point where you just don't have that much more value to squeeze out of your lineup. That isn't immediate value. And the immediate value is what you actually want. So I like at some point it's kind of, kind of look, you know, you're, that, that, that's just what you got to go with. I was going to use an analogy that was <laughs> moderately inappropriate, so we're just not going to go there. Fair enough. Uh, well, we'll move here into some players that we're kind of targeting if we're a contender. Um, I'll lead it off here. The first one I got on my list is Cordell Patterson. It's a guy that, you know, he has, he's had some really nice weeks this week. We talked about him on the show before. He's got a ton of PPR value. He's especially valuable in if your uh, hosting site uh, has him as a wide receiver or running back mfl unfortunately does not something i realized after i traded for him it's fine um but i i think he's going to have a lot of value here this year I, the falcons are an offense that's in flux um, ridley has been away for personal reasons it does sound like he's going to be back but i was going to ask you about that yeah it does sound like he's going to be back either this week um or next week but even beyond him, they don't have a lot of other options in that offense. Like Russell Gage is a guy that this offseason we were saying sell, really. You know, he's he's not anything special. He's kind of just a jag. He's not really a wide receiver, too. Um, you know, they have Kyle Pitts, who's a guy for the future, but his value this year has been kind of hit or miss. I expect it to kind of be hit or miss moving forward as well. Uh, Mike Davis handles m most of the carries, but They've been giving Cordero Patterson carries. They give him a lot of receptions. So especially PPR leagues, like full PPR leagues, you know, Cordero Patterson's a guy that I like to go after. And he's a guy that's not expensive either, you know, especially for somebody who's not, if he's on a non-contender, that's, he's, I don't expect him to hold the value beyond this year. I don't think most people do. So I think he's very attainable. He's been on contenders in every league that I'm in though. And I'm like, I don't, his presence has possibly made <laughs> pushed them <laughs> over that line. Like I, I, I've searched through most of my leagues, and and I think virtually all of them, he was already on a top three team or so. So I mean, I, it, him and Mike Williams both are like that. I, yeah, they're both just guys. You had them, you it, it probably kind of pushed you over the top, and you're not selling them. But yeah, I mean, I, right. I guess I, I guess I'd buy him. Yeah, what would you pay for him in in college? College assets call. This is the C2C podcast. Well, that's have? that's perfect. I know you just chastised me for talking about leagues on here beforehand, but uh, I just traded um, Devin Tompkins and Devonta Price for him oh, okay. um, in a league where I'm not competing on the college side uh, and the other guy is, and I am competing on the NFL side and the other guy is not. Um, so I think it was beneficial for both of us here, but that's those are the kind of pieces that I would most likely look to move him for a guy who's a senior on the college side and is getting some good production on a week to week basis that, you know, it'll hurt. Yeah, maybe this year, but beyond this year, it won't hurt you too much. If you don't have anybody like that, I think you could give up a guy like um, probably a Harrison Whaley type 
guy, a guy who's a little bit younger. He's on like an offense in the G five. Is is Rash is Rasheen Ali? Which would you rather have, Rasheen Ali or Cordero Patterson? Um, if Cordero Patterson is going to make me, like, is going to make me confident that I am the best team in the league now, I'll do that trade. But other than that, I would probably keep Rasheen Ali. I mean, he's a freshman, so you're getting three more years of production on him. So what, that expands that window. What's the best, um, like, probable NFL guy that you would spend on Cordero Patterson? Best probable NFL guy? Because yeah. you're just um, naming a bunch of, like, college producers. Right, guys right, right now, that's fair. Which is, that's that's a good strategy, sure. But, I mean, what if the other guy wants a Parker Washington? I don't think I would give up a Parker Washington. Um, you'd have to go a little bit further down that list, honestly, for me to be able to give up a Debbie asset. Um, I would probably do a Haynes King type of a guy. I said, I said Debbie asset, man. <laughs> you don't think he's a Debbie asset? Not really. I don't know. I think <laughs> Not really. I think there's, I think there's some, there's some Haynes King believers out there. Um, okay, so let's try more of like a like for like. Uh, we're talking wide receiver running back. Um, would you would you pay Wandale Robinson for him? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd probably give Wandale. Um, I, I wouldn't think, give Parker Washington. You're a homer. I like Parker Washington. I think Parker Washington translates better to the NFL than Wandale Robinson. I think Wandale Robinson is kind of like a Curtis Samuel type. Um, you know, I think he'll have some good weeks, but I, I uh, he has impressed me a little bit more with his receiving ability lately. I, and I admittedly have not really dug in much to check out, you know, his route running. But what I, the games that I've watched, he has looked better downfield. He's looked better kind of creating as a receiver, creating some separation than I expected. But I, I, I think Park. I like Parker Washington a lot. So no, I would not give up Washington. But you know that kind of a level of an asset, maybe I would consider. I, I think Wandale's a better prospect, and I think you get him now. Like he's going to the NFL next year. I do think he will go to the NFL next year as well. Like we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, we'll move on here. Who's your guy that you're buying if you're a contender? This is a weird one, and I think he's more of a toss in slash like you can get him for really cheap. I think if I'm a contender, I'm I'm inquiring about Alex Collins. Because I mean the way that they've described Chris Carson's neck neck injury, uh, um, Bill uh, uh, Carol uh, Carol said that it's like a degenerative condition or something, didn't he? Or it's a like chronic something. Yeah, like he said. I think the word degenerative was used. Like it flares up, and sometimes it's bad, and sometimes it's not. Seattle's not very good. The, that season might get out of hand quickly. So we might see a lot more Alex Collins. And if Chris Carson, obviously they don't want to rush him back, then then you get Collins. And guess who they get to play in championship week, week 17? Who's that? Detroit. Ooh. Who is like start your RB central. I mean, so I Alex Collins, I didn't want to name because like Cooper Cup, like I'm I bought Cooper Cup a couple places, but he's just so right. obvious, like Daryl Henderson's right. one for like if you're Mike for Williams, one, you're running back. Like, like some they're just very obvious names. Uh, right. You're, My next it. option yes. on here, yes, is a bit more of an obvious name. Yes, I agree. So, like, I think Collins is a guy that maybe you can get for 
cheap if you already spent your first or something and you're you know you're kind of trying to pick around at, at some of the periphery of these things yeah I, you could do a lot worse than him yeah no i, I actually I, I agree with that i like that call there i mean he's I, seattle he's likes bad running back no he's not i mean everybody because he's been in and out of the league um so i feel like that's kind of where the perception on him sours a little bit and honestly i don't really know why he's in and out of the league but for whatever reason he works in Seattle. It's because running there. backs don't matter. Ooh. You're going to upset there. some people. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he works in Seattle. He does. Uh, you know, he's he's the type of back that they like. They don't really have any other options on that roster. I mean, Rashad Penny, the ghost of him, might come back at some point soon, reportedly. DJ Dallas is there. Travis Homer. But none of those guys are guys that, our Pete Carroll type guys and mm-hmm. Alex Collins is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as you alluded to, my next guy here is a little bit more obvious, but um, you know, like we were talking about with quarterbacks there, it's, it's Tom Brady. And like we were talking about with quarterbacks there, you know, yes, you don't want to overvalue a third quarterback, but you do, if you're a contender want to value your top two quarterbacks. And I'm assuming if you're a contender, you already have one solid quarterback and you probably also have, you probably have one good, very good quarterback and your second quarterback is also probably solid. So I would probably use that second quarterback to go after a guy like Tom Brady, who's going to put it, your team over the top. Uh, You know, Brady's the QB three this year. Uh, He's averaging 25.8 fantasy points per game. And I don't think that offense shows any sign of slowing down. You know, he's one of the few quarterbacks that, are non-running quarterbacks that are in, you know, the top 10. I mean, the top five guys here, you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, six, Lamar Jackson, seven, Justin Herbert, who's also mobile, eight, Stafford, nine, Prescott, 10, Cousins. So most of those guys are mobile guys, bring something with their leg. Brady doesn't need to do that because Tampa's running game outside of what, like last week has been a hit or miss. Yeah, Leonard Fournette went off last week. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he's a buy. I mean, I, I'd buy him if I was a rebuilding team too. He's got what six, seven, eight years left. <laughs> it feels like it. You know, we always say, yeah, he's he's got to be done soon. He's got to be done soon, but he never is. That's like Derrick Henry. I keep saying that he's got to be done soon. You know, and there he goes, puts up three touchdowns every week, every week, every single week. Um, but. Those are just a couple of the names there. Obviously, you know, we, we went a little bit less obvious for Tom Brady, but you know, you kind of know the players that you're targeting. If you're, if you're a contender here, um, I think rebuilding is a little bit more, you're a little bit more open to, to going after kind of your guys here. Um, so players to trade for, if you're rebuilding and you talk some strategy for contenders, I'll talk some strategy here for rebuilders because like we were talking about pre-show, I don't, I don't hype myself up very often, but I do think I'm very good at tearing a team down to the studs, rebuilding it to be a paper champion. Uh, I have teams that should have been contenders this year. Some injuries happened, you know, but I I like to think that I'm good at rebuilding. Um, And my biggest strategy is I don't target players. I target teams in my league. I like to look at the teams who are in like third to fifth place. 
teams that are right on the edge, teams that think they're going to be a contender, um, teams that think they have a shot, they're just like one piece away. And then I just kind of look at the guys on those teams and like, all right, who do I think on this team is going to increase in value? Uh, I like to go after some of the guys who are injured, um, you know, because if I'm tanking this year, what do I care? You know, guys like Dobbins, Akers, ETN, they're kind of some obvious ones. Um, but I also like to look at guys who are on short-term IR that they can't really afford to wait on. You know, if they are what we're six weeks through the year, if this team is three and three, but they're up there in points four or they're four and two, they can't really afford too many more losses. So I like to go after at that point, guys like a CEH, guys like Kittle, um, Russ, Judy. I, I like to go after those types of players, um, you know, ahead of guys who have been on IR all year. And at that point, you know, they've kind of already chalked up the loss with those players. You know, these players that have got hurt during the year here, it hurts a little bit more, you know, because they were counting on some of that production and they feel like they need to replace it. Um, and then also, you know, obviously the young guys with potential to, you know, guys that they're not starting right now, but that you like for the future, guys like Rondale, um, Javante Williams, probably if they're a contender, they're not starting him. Guys like Elijah Moore, um, those are the more obvious ones. But the last thing I like to do is I like to look at guys who are going to be free agents. And I like to do that now. I like to do that before everybody else does. Because if you're looking at them after the season, that's too late. Everybody's kind of looking at who's going to be a free agent at that point. Um, so guys like A-Rob, A-Rob's underperforming right now. you know. And yeah, if you're rebuilding... He's a little bit older of a player, but he's a player I think is going to bounce back next year. Um, you know, guys like Juju also hurt right now. Um, he's going to be a free agent. And I'm not talking the obvious guys either besides those two guys like Godwin, Adams, Mike Williams. Those guys are going to free, be free agents, but they're likely in that contender starting lineup. Um, so other guys, you know, Jamison Crowder, um, Njoku, OJ Howard. Those are the types of guys that I like to look at. They're going to be a free agent you can probably get those last three as like a throw in in the deal. So uh, those are the types of guys that I like to get. And then later during the off season, when everybody else realizes that they're going to be a free agent, you know, if you decide you want to move them at that point, you can get more than what you paid for them. Timing, 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 huh? Yeah. All about the timing. That's why it's beneficial to be ahead of the curve on these types of things, you know, ahead of recognizing you're, you need to rebuild or retool ahead of, you know, who's going to be free agents. So then Colin, please do tell who would be a guy that would, that would fall into one of those categories that you like this year. Well, I'm glad you asked. There's actually a guy that falls into pretty much all of those categories. Wow. Um, to, uh, no way. Yeah. All yeah. of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much wow. all of them. Um, that's Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. You don't say. Yeah, he's hurt right now. Um, got hurt earlier in the year. So obviously they're not really relying on any of his production there. He's young for a receiver. He's, I think he's, what, 24, I think? Um, 24, you put maybe the name 20. on there, man. I expect you to be prepared on this, not me. He's like 24, 25. I don't have his age pulled up here, but he's going to be a free agent. Uh, and I don't see uh, the Cowboys bringing him back. They already have Cooper. They already have Lamb. I think he's going to go somewhere else. You know, So at that point, other people are going to start to catch up on that too. Uh, so Michael Gallup is one of my favorite targets right now. 
Michael Gallup is 25. 25. There we go. Um, I like lots of, I mean, it's you buy whoever's young. Um, right. I think like the uh, Jalen Waddle is a big guy though, that I still think you can get for cheaper than he should go. Like not he's me, getting, not. he's getting the volume now, but they're not like, they can't, they're not a good enough team to be able to use him exactly how he should be used. And I think the volume is indicative that they know how they should use him. They just, are smart enough to know that they can't. That's like a huge chain of they know, but they know, and you know that I know. I think they know that they are not a good enough team to, to use him how they want to use him. But he's explosive. He's and he's he's getting the volume, the the touchdowns and everything. I mean, he got two touchdowns last week, and nobody is talking about it at all. I don't know if it's because it was the London game, and that London game was generally just a shit fest or what. So, but nobody is talking about the game that he had last week. I like I I think that was kind of the the beginning uh, of him ascending into fantasy stardom, um, and and so I think like I shit I think he by the end of the year he should be almost as expensive as Jamar Chase, and I think you can get him for half of whatever you'd have to pay for Jamar Chase right now. And so that's that's like the one of the bigger screaming buy high because it's going to go higher values out there right now for me. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I had uh, Jalen Waddle as my as my wide receiver one coming into the year. Here, it was, it was very close between him and Chase, but he's so dynamic. I I think he's just the type of guy that one he can score anytime he touches the ball. Uh, but two, if he is a good offensive coordinator, and obviously, yeah, you hear the Tyreek Hill comparisons all the time, but I think he's the closest player that we're going to get to Tyreek Hill in a while um you know I, I think he's also the guy who's the closest out of everybody who's been comp to him oh, you know how much i hate that comp i do know how much you hate that comp you did that on purpose didn't you i did yeah i like to rally you up sometimes well in case you can't tell i'm fuming yeah you know, literally you, shaking yeah what yeah, what are you, you can gonna... sorry go ahead uh, what do you think about jerry judy i i like i like judy as a target um He's a guy that I was also going to considering putting on the list here too, because he's uh, he's not going to be a free agent, but he checks the first two boxes. You know, injured um, young guy with potential. You know, so I I I love targeting Judy too, and he was he was my wide receiver one in the last class. Oh, was he now? Yes, he was. Wow. Yes, I did. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Judy? You're the one who put him on the show sheet. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I still really, really like him. I think he's a huge buy. Um, uh, that Denver not looking so good tonight. I mean, that's not a situation we want a part of, but he's 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 so much better than Cortland Sutton. I see people I all the time talking on like, you know, oh, well, the people don't realize how much better. It's like, no, Judy is so much better than Cortland Sutton. It's just a matter of time. Sutton's just not like a super a hyper dynamic player. He has basically one skill set. I think Judy can be used in a multitude of ways. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, Cortland Sutton is good at what he does. He is. Um, so this isn't like, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I think Cortland Sutton is a solid wide receiver. Oh, he's but, fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be a you know a wide receiver two type of a guy, but he's going to be boomer bust. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... That really does it for kind of team assessment time here. But 
part of your team assessment, especially if you're a rebuilder, you got to look ha ahead to the future draft classes. Uh, if you're in the Devi community, you know, you've been hearing for months that the class of 2022 is weak. The class of 2023 is looking exceedingly strong across the board in multiple different positions here. Um, you're seeing some freshmen pop off, Caleb Williams, Travion Henderson. Uh, so, you know, we're going to kind of break down these classes here a little bit, keeping a pretty high level here. We're not going super in-depth, uh, but we'll start with the class of 2022. Um, we at this point, we kind of already know all of the top names here. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler's fallen from grace a little bit, but we got Corral and Howell at quarterback. Uh, you got Spiller, Hall, top guys at the running back. Uh, you got the big five at, at wide receiver, uh, Weidermeyer's at tight end. So just some of the early grades here for us. You know, put, put Let's put some perspective on it instead of talking about strong or weak. How many first round grades do you have for the class of 2022 at this point still keeping in mind that it's what about six months till uh till rookie drafts will take take place i already have my board locked down by the last day of college football season so it doesn't really matter that much um i have eight first round grades but a lot of them are guys that are straddling the line so i think people hear eight and they think that's a pretty decent number but like There's last 12 picks yeah <laughs> in the first round <laughs> i don't know if i've ever had a year where i have 12 first round grades really um 20, i had 20 might have been close but i don't think I had, I had 12 i had 12 that year i have to go but back and look now while I we're digress. talking sorry go ahead i didn't mean to cut no you I, you're good i mean i i have eight and but a lot of like i david bell has a first round grade but it's like so freaking borderline between first and second right now um so are both the quarterbacks sam hall and matt corral both are borderline for a second round guys so no one a tight end i mean it's 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 the class has no guy that i look at this class and it's like that dude's gonna be just amazing for like 10 years there's not a single guy in this class that i that i look at like that even Traylon brooks who i really really like at wide receiver um like i so I think the the sell all your 2021 picks or 2022 picks has been overstated, but I get the rationale for doing it, and I don't hate it depending on what you're getting back. What right. do you, how many do you have? Uh, I have nine first round grades, um, but one is very borderline right now. He could really go either way. Uh, well, and there's another guy who could, who, who could drop off there. Um, and that's, uh, Chris Olave is the one that I could see going really either way. Uh, and then George Pickens is a guy that I like. Um, I have a first round grade on him right now, but there's definitely a lot of, there's definitely risk involved with Pickens. So I wouldn't fault anybody for not having a first round grade on Pickens. He also may come back. You know, we, we don't really know. He's one of the guys who's a, little bit more likely to come back than um, Spiller, Hall, Burke, Spell, uh, Corral, Howell, any of those guys. Wilson. Uh, those are spoiler alert. Those are the other guys that I have on that list. Oh, um, that sounds very. Uh, yeah, Alave. I don't have a first round grade on him, and I just looked. Twenty twenty. I only had eight first round picks by the end of the year. Really? I only had eight. I'm a hard grader. 
You are. You are a very hard grader. Um, you should see the articles that I send over to, to him to edit. It just comes back just red. Pen I send everywhere. him back two sentences and he sends me four pages. Like, this is the good stuff. I deleted everything else for you. Yeah. 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 He's like, do it again. It's really just a couple words. <laughs> he's like Coach Brooks from the from the miracle. Just blow on the whistle again. again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I understand the rationale as well for, for, for selling the picks here too. But I think with that mindset that, you know, it's kind of sweeping the entire community right now. And I do think that it's going to bleed into, uh, you know, into the right into the off season as well. Now you're always going to have rookie fever. That's always going to happen. You know, once we figure out some of these landing spots, everybody's going to, you know, see, put, see these guys with rose colored glasses on. So that is, going to happen but i think you could take advantage of the sell your 2022 picks now or now uh particularly because i think i like burks i think he translates very well i like david bell a lot as well spiller uh those are three those are probably three guys that i think are are guys that i would be comfortable taking early in the in the first this year they're probably guys overall but when it's all said and done that will have mid first round grades for me um as a you know where the other guys will probably have later first round grades for me but i think the mid round and and late first round value you know this year is going to be where the value is because there's not a ton of separation for me between you know wilson pickens hall Olave. you know those are guys i like i don't love and then corral and howell they're the quarterbacks this year. Corral has tools. He's looked better with some decision making at times this year. You know, he hasn't been, he hasn't had his big interception game. Um, Howell's a guy I like a lot too. I just don't know what Howell's ceiling is in terms of fantasy. I mean, we're seeing really good production this year from you from UNC, but when he hits the pros, I I kind of like the comps that people have been giving with Baker. And Baker just doesn't have that high of a fantasy ceiling. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Uh, it's there's there's no overwhelming guy there. Um, and also, I was looking at the wrong tab. I had ten guys in twenty twenty. It's still not that many. Interesting, interesting. Um, so you know, the first round guys, you know, we're not overly impressed with them. What about the depth of this class of twenty twenty two? You know, just who are some guys right now that you have some second round grades on? I already see people talking themselves into the running back du jour of like where like i've seen P- zach charbonnet is going to be awesome if i get now. if i get the 111 i'm taking zach charbonnet if i get the 111 i'm I'm taking kenneth walker like ah we learn nothing people that makes me want to pull my <laughs> hair out that people are, are excited about some of these running backs i mean i think there's fine options in 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 the perfect scenario a year or two down the line uh, maybe a Kenneth Walker or a Jerome Ford or, or someone like that is fine. Um, but, but I realistically am not sure that's possible. Uh, second round grades right now. Let me just count them out real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Interesting. I have 13. So I'm very interested to hear. Here, are your second grand. Well, the you... flip is probably. Oh no, I was gonna. I, if I had one more, I would have said that Alave is the pin between the two. But 
Do you you want to know my my yeah. my round two grades right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit us. Carson Strong is the only quarterback. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No Malik Willis because I don't think he's long for this world. Carson <laughs> Strong, Kenneth Walker, Jerome Ford, Kyron Williams, Tyler Beatty, mm. Chris Olave, Wandell Robinson, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, John Mechie. He's border. John Mechie and Zay Flowers are both very borderline. And then Jalen Weidemeyer. Okay. Um, there's a little bit more. Um, there's a little bit more discrepancy there than what I thought there would be. Actually, um, I'll hit you with mine right now. Um, I have Jalen Weidemeyer, uh, Drake London, Khalil Shakir, uh, Jahan Dotson, Wandale Robinson, Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford, and this is in no particular order either. Um, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Rashad White, um, Carson Strong, Malik Willis, Jaden Daniels. Uh, I have Willis in there. It's if if we're in a rookie draft and, and he goes even late first round, even early second round where Jalen Hurts goes, it's hard to not take him in the second just because of that ceiling. You know, if he does hit, man, a second round pick for a guy like that, that would be. You know, you know, that's a, that's a massive increase in value. Um, Jaden Daniels, I have on the list. I would still take him in the second round. Um, I still have some question marks on him. He's a guy that I could see falling out of the second round. Uh, but again, you know, quarterbacks in the second round and super flex leagues, you know, if, if they have NFL potential, it's, it's tough to not take them there. Um, I am. I'm, I'm a little curious why. Uh, why no Khalil Shakir or Rashad White for you? Shakir is literally my first player in tier three. Okay. Um. So he's like close. Borderline. He's like a lot of those borderline guys. I'll sit down and watch um, at the end of the year and kind of figure out if they move one way or the other. Um. Rashad White, I like him. He's my RB nine. I mean, I have him in my top ten running backs. Um. But. I, I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. I just, I like the, in the second round there, I like that combination of size um, and, and pass catching ability, solid athleticism. You know, he checks a lot of the boxes there for me. So it, you know, it'll obviously be, you know, these are not finalized grades, but I, f- I feel, I would feel pretty comfortable taking him in the second round. So comparatively to, you know, some of your previous classes, you said you had what, 12 second round grades right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, how's that looking? You know, in some of your other classes, I think I typically do have right around twelve second round grades. It fluctuates a little bit year to year, but typically had, right around twelve. I had fourteen final day two grade or round two grades in twenty twenty. Let me pull up my twenty twenty one rankings real quick just to see what my final tally there was. 2021 i had one two three four five six seven. i had 13 so okay. yeah that's pretty typical for me sounds about right and i mean honestly most people were saying the class of 2020 was pretty deep you know when when everybody was coming out so it's looking like this clap class is about as deep as as normal but it's just not as top heavy is that would you say that's about accurate 
Yeah, but I think depth is worthless if you don't have the top end stuff. Because you're spending earlier picks than you'd want to. That's like in a like in a perfect world, you would take like, and I I always feel like this is is a really difficult thing for me to describe how I conceptualize it. But like in a perfect draft, where say you have like at least one really good quarterback, like amazing quarterback, like one franchise quarterback prospect, one you know a Saquon or like slightly less than that running back, like a a Zeke Elliott or something like that. Like if you can kind of build the perfect class, that's like realistic, but still like you know whatever. Brees Hall would be like the at best like the 106 or the 107 in that kind of a draft. And, yeah. And uh, Sam Howe would be like the 109. Like the these Garrett Wilson would be like the 110, 111. Like these are guys that I would never actually want to spend the 103 on. That I, someone's going to have to spend the 103 on them this year. Like that pick just has to be spent. So I would not want the 101 this year. I will say no. that. So um that's- 103 range i don't mind like i said spiller burks bell i do not mind those guys in that range what about 2023 let's talk some 2023 see 2023 here i mean everybody's saying how strong this class is everybody says go get the 2023 picks so especially instead of the 2022 ones um i think that's warranted actually you know just looking at some of the top names here you know you got bryce young cj stroud DJU still, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to still put him in there. He has all the tools. Uh, you know, it's he flashed last year. He's looked rough this year. So, you know, we'll see how he looks junior year. He has another year to kind of put things together. Uh, Max Johnson has been solid, you know, so. Adequate. That's exactly what I want out of the guy that I want to take as my franchise quarterback. He was adequate. Yeah. I don't think Max Johnson is a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. He may not be. I don't get where all this stuff about Max Johnson has come from, but that's a totally different topic for it because this is just supposed to be an overview. Yes. Um, I was just kind of listing off some of the names there. I mean, and then the big thing is too with the 2023 is we have an extra year to evaluate these guys as well. So some guys will rise, some guys will fall, but uh, running back looks extra, extra strong. You know, you got Bijan. He's kind of your generational talent uh, there. You know, you're once every four years type of a guy he's your saquon barkley uh but the rest of the class also very solid you know zach evans has been looking really good this year um jameer gibbs tank bigsby both guys who've showed out in the past um chip Trainum, a guy that you and i are both higher on uh, you got mcclellan at, at uh, alabama um kendall milton was thought of as, as a high guy now he's you know kind of falling a little bit but sean tucker's kind of taking his place so you got several names there wide receiver looks pretty stacked as well. Keishon Boutte, JSN, Burton, Jarrett, Mims, Down, Quentin Johnston. You know, Michael Mayer is looking like a very good tight end prospect as well. Just some of those top names there. Um, you know, are those kind of lining up? Is there anybody I missed? Anybody on um, that you don't think should be besides Max Johnson? I wasn't really listening that closely. Did you say Jordan Addison? I did not. I think he should be probably talked about in the same category as like Marvin Mims or, or, you know, Jermaine Burton, who we feel like has tools, but hasn't put them together like consistently uh, through his two years at Georgia. Um, So he would be another one that I would throw in there. He has been hurt, though, you know. Yeah, he has. But I mean, I like it's just like Rakeem Jarrett no longer has a day one grade for me because I'm just like 
why is he not elevating himself? Yes, he hasn't elevated himself at all yet. Yeah, he had that no, one I'm... big game last year against Penn State, which almost seems like more of an indictment against Penn State now because it was the same exact play over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, Brent Pry, uh, he's a good coordinator. He doesn't always make the best in-game adjustments. But um, another guy that wasn't mentioned, but we talked about a little bit earlier, Parker Washington. You know, I like Parker Washington. Call me a homer. He's fine. He's fine. Um, I, and I don't have anywhere close to a, a solid view on day one or, or anything like that for these guys, like a first round grade. Do you, how, how are your grades at this point for the class of 2023? It is it's, very early. It's still too early. Yeah. I wouldn't be that comfortable like giving a huge list. Yeah, that's fair. I would, I wouldn't either. I didn't know. Where I, you I feel at. okay about my first round, which okay. I have one, two, three, four. Oh, that's tier. Hold on a sec. I have I have tier zero in this one, so I gotta. Ooh. Bijan and Bijan and Travion are both tier zero, so I'm trying to trying to. to oh, that's poke through this. Okay. Yeah. No, so, uh, is that just running backs? That's the only tier zero players I have in college right oh. now. No Boutte in tier zero. I haven't sat down to watch his stuff yet this year. To okay, grade him out that way. Fair enough. Now, for anybody who's well, Austin's counting. So I have, have seven, seven right okay. now. But there, I mean, things will shift a little bit. Right, right, because seven's kind of low. That's about yeah. where it should be. We haven't had some guys break out yet. Right, but I mean, you know, compared to this year, you said you had what eight? Yeah. So seven's seven's pretty low. Now it is early to finalize some of these, um, but yeah, for anybody, I was saying while you were you know counting. For anybody who doesn't know, what's your tier zero? It's Bijan, like it's it's the it's a Bijan Robinson level player. <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's a guy that's going to be as soon as they're drafted, they're drafted as a top five to seven player at their position, and they're consistently considered the top echelon of their position. Tre- Trevor Lawrence was tier zero this past year. Um, before him. I hadn't had one in a few years. Saquon was the last one before him, I think. Okay. Well, see, the interesting thing with that is you do see that some of these rookies get overhyped and taken in the top five to seven of their position. Um, you know, on any, any given year, you know, Jonathan Taylor taken pretty early last year. Um, Swift, uh, although he wasn't quite as high last year, so guys like CEH. So some of them do get taken up that high, even if they're not in in a traditional tier zero for you, but I, I, and I don't ever have a tier zero, but I do have prospects. I feel that way about Taylor and Swift are both extremely high tier one guys. So I mean, they were, they were close. Okay. Interesting. Um, and and what about mayor? I mean, is it possible for you to have a tight end zero at a tier zero tight end? No, it's impossible. Okay. But they develop, they develop so weird that I would never, ever put one there. Kyle Pitts wasn't, I'd like never even really thought about it. Fair enough. Um, comparatively with Mayer, uh, I know you guys saw Debbie debate this week. You know, Matt said, was it this week or last week? Matt said Mayer would be a top five tight end as soon as he came out. Uh, Matt said that this week. I don't know week. that I agree with that personally. Okay. But. Fair enough. So, you know, depth of this class here, you know, now we haven't really gone too far into that, but just broad overview is this a class that we're feeling is going to be deep or is it one that we're going to feel is going to be top heavy and we haven't had a lot of guys break out yet so still early but the yeah the covid year makes this class really difficult to assess 
Um, cause I think there's a lot of players still that we might've gotten a breakout from by now that maybe we, we haven't, or it's been delayed guys. Like, like a lot of the PAC 12 guys, like Jalen McMillan, like we, could we have gotten a break, a true breakout out of him by now? I, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we could have, maybe <laughs> we wouldn't have. It's tough with Washington's offense. <laughs> That's that. I mean that, yeah. I, the guy like Gary Bryant, uh, looking at my list here, like Demarcus Bowman, technically, if he hits next year, cause we don't care about breakout age for running backs. Like he could certainly get up there um there's there's a couple running backs that i have that are kind of like that like izzy abanaconda um, i think could jump pretty high um so and like kendall milton technically could i have a, I have a day two grade on him i have a day two grade on jason mcclellan um, those guys if they had a big year for whatever reason could jump um so there's definitely still some guys that are a wait and see dju i don't have a day one grade anymore but if he bounces back next year then then you would have we'll to see. to think um, but it's like, I think for a class to be strong, it either has to be super strong at running back or super strong at quarterbacks. I think those two positions carry a class and it's part of why the 2022 class is very unappealing is because we don't really feel that great about the high end talent at either of those positions in those classes. Whereas 2020 had the running backs and 2021 was carried by the quarterbacks. I think 2023, we feel it's carried by running back again. And so that's what kind of makes the class stand out when you still have some other guys, obviously, but, but again, you know, the strength of the class is either has to either be quarterback or running back for this one. It's running back and you have uh, Bryce young in there as well. So you have a QB that we feel good about. So you're not, you're not lumping Stroud up there yet. No, no. Okay. Is there any quarterback that you think, that I haven't mentioned so far that could potentially get a day one grade before you. Now, again, caveat, it's early. Anthony Richardson. Ooh. Okay. If if he does whatever Felix says he can do, if you guys didn't check out the campus life this week, go do that. Um, you know, Felix, Felix describe the way he describes him, I think his um kind of like um how when you watch river monsters all the local people describe like this big <laughs> crazy ginormous monster and it ends up being like a 50 foot carp that can like suck your toes off um <laughs> that's felix describing anthony richardson but at the same time like in a weak quarterback class like if he plays really well that next year would i think any worse of him than malik willis no no so, and this was not me baiting you on, on Hudson card either. I have, I I've thought that's the given, answer you wanted. And that was no, never going to happen. But. It's I have, I haven't given up on card, but I think at this point it's, it's looking very unlikely to happen. I still like his tools, but here we are. I uh, know I was just genuinely curious if there was anybody else. And I don't see literally anybody else looking at the list. Like KJ Jefferson is intriguing, but again, I don't think he could refine himself in one year to the point where I would, I would be excited about that. Stroud, we already had mentioned his name. Uh, DJU, we'd already mentioned his name. And then I don't have any other quarterbacks really. Like Evan Prater is the only other like moderately intriguing guy that we did not mention. And I'm sure somebody can come out of nowhere and make me look stupid. But but Prater is the only other one that I have that I have him in my tier four, which is like I'm kind of keeping an eye on you. You're a late day three NFL draft pick. Um, but Prater, I mean, he's got the tools at Cincinnati. He's Desmond Ritter's backup for anybody that's not that familiar with him. I think he's a good player. So another guy, 
another guy I'm curious about here now. He's tech, he's 2022 eligible, but I so I'm sure he's in your 2022 list. But I don't. I would be surprised if he came out this year. Uh, and that's Tanner McCall. Mordecai. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Grayson McCall. Well, also Grayson McCall, but I think with Grayson McCall, the offense that he's in limits the evaluation ability for him. It's it's tough to evaluate him as a quarterback prospect given that offense. Um, where I think as Tanner Mordecai, it's it's a little it's more of spread it out, but it's in a little bit more of a an offense that lends itself to evaluating him as a passer. And I have not, and then you know this is his first year too, and it's SMU, so it's not like it's a highlight team, primetime team. Um, so I don't know how far into that evaluation you are, but uh, I'm I'm zero percent into that evaluation. That tells you're not. Me. You're I uh, don't you're, know. I three, don't know. You're uh, Vic Fangio's three percent into the evaluation. Four uh, percent. I don't want to. I don't want to be mentioned the same. I'm, I'm still greater than Vic Fangio. Fair enough. I, yeah, I, I, he's a guy that I, I've bandied his name about a couple times, especially on Campus Life, and it's a guy that's definitely intriguing to me. But good news is, you know, we'll likely have a full extra year to evaluate him. Uh, and then most leagues, um, dynasty wise, you can trade up to three years in the future. So we're already looking at 2024 guys. Uh, we've had some guys already kind of pop off early, early in the first half of their freshman year. Uh, guys like Travion, obviously, that we were very high on. Um, he's a tier zero for you. So you are very high on him as well. But then you also have guys like Caleb Williams, who's looked really good the last two weeks. Jackson Dart looked really good in his one start before getting hurt. Will Shipley started looking good before he got hurt. We got Raheem Sanders, uh, Xavier Worthy, and even your buddy Brock Bowers. Uh, just a couple of the top names there. Is there anybody there that you think I missed? Uh, do to do. Is there anybody that I think that is obvious that you missed out of that list? No, because nobody else has really broken out yet. Um, uh, that you said yours, right? Oh, no, I did not put yours on that list, I but mean, he hasn't were, played yet. You were, yours is in that list. Um, yeah, I mean, I just uh, mentioned guys who have already started to do something where it's not. What about like Jarquez Hunter? That, I don't have him there. I have him no. still as a tier three guy, but um, I don't know. There's guys like that. AJ Green. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we left off, you know, you, you didn't hear Mecca Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr., the tag team freshman wide receiver duo for uh, Ohio State, because they really have not done much. Um, same with the uh, borderline. Is, is it historic wide receiver class for Alabama with the with Earl? Hall and Brooks. Is that one of the best wide receiver classes ranked of all time? I would imagine. I have no idea. I don't even you, know how you'd measure that. I mean, I, I know how you'd measure that, but like 24 seven doesn't keep track. So you could go and like, look at a list. So you'd have to manually do that. I think. Well, unless you're willing it, to man manually do the work, you heard it here first. It's a historic. It's class. just impossible. It's just impossible guys. There's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing. <laughs> Uh, but the very good trio of Jojo Earl, Aguiye Hall, Ja'Cory Brooks, those guys have not really done anything yet either. Um, you know, LJ Johnson at Texas A&M was a highly ranked recruit. He hasn't done anything yet either. Quinn Ewers, who reclassified in uh, into the class of 2024 quarterback at Ohio State, he 
has not really done anything either, despite being such a highly ranked prospect. So I left those guys off the list because they haven't done anything yet. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, any so nobody else there that you you really think you're missing? Devin Neal. I don't know. I mean, I can okay. like name a name yeah. here or there, but yeah. no one that I think is yet. You know. Yet. Yeah, so I'm it's, it's dif- difficult to get a shape of that class, but it looks like it's going to be top-heavy. Is that something you would at least feel comfortable agreeing with? No, I, d- yeah. I have no idea on that until after the second year. Yeah, it's fair I, enough. You I, really I, can't, had, you're, you're, I know, you're I'm sorry. Me. I would just have no way of, <laughs> there's no way of knowing that by now. You just, ho- you just hope that you get one of those top four picks. I mean, that's basically what your fingers are crossed, and then you just hope the rest of the class fills out af- after that if if you don't. Fair enough. So we're just to wrap it up here. Draft class wise, we're kind of in agreement with the Devi community here. 2023's weaker, 2023 very 2022 weaker, 2023 very strong. Yes. Sorry. I didn't think you were asking a question. I thought you were summing up the episode. So no, I was no I was okay. asking a question. Oh, sorry. Thank no, you. I thought I yeah, I thought you were just like <laughs> so in conclusion folks you heard it here first 2022 week 2023 strong okay. um all right well that's gonna do it here for us tonight um hopefully you guys take something away from this show biggest thing to take away is honestly evaluate your team but that's gonna do it for us here tonight tune in saturday morning for the tailgate uh we'll be coming to you live at 10 a.m as always um austin you're gonna be out this week aren't you yes we're going to have a new host this week. I don't know who it's going to be yet. Probably Matt. I do. I'm not telling, but I know who it is. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, so we'll have a surprise new host. So definitely tune in for that. Saturday night after the primetime game, we'll be coming to you with Coast to Coast. Uh, probably around 1130-ish. Um, whenever it depends on when that game wraps up. Uh, also, always check out the C2C family of pods, like Debbie Debate. Why wait till Sunday? Fantasy Roundtable, uh, three and out. And Chris and Will have been doing some live betting, uh, live betting shows here. Got Not live data. betting, betting shows that they record and they do live. Um, Guts and data. That's on the YouTube channel, uh, the C2C YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe there. Um, always be on the lookout for the early week show, Campus Life. Uh, but until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.